Hey, um, so great to be all the dads. Dads, we love you so much. We actually have something special also that we're going to do today is that our uh, student ministries director, Michael Leto, actually got married 17 days ago. And so him and his wife, Ruth, have returned from their honeymoon in Portugal. And we're actually going to invite them to the stage this morning. Let's give them a hand as they come on up. And as I said at their wedding, this is like the cutest couple ever. You see them, you're like, oh, these guys are so cute. Um, Hey, Michael has been our uh, youth pastor for a little over a year now. And now that he's married, our youth ministry is just going to go up to the moon with Ruth. So we're super excited to have them. Now, I know that the vast majority of you didn't get to go to Michael and Ruth's wedding and didn't get to buy them a gift. It's not too late. See, if you see them out in the hall, especially any uh, parents that have students in junior high or senior high, you know, you, you, what young married people need is just money today. So you can feel free to bless them at any time. But we just thought it'd be great for us as they start out their ministry together and their life together, that we would just pray for them as a church family. What do you think? Let's all stand up together this morning. Come on, read up here, guys. Let's just stretch our hands out toward Michael and Ruth today. Father God, we just thank you for Michael and Ruth this morning. We just thank you for the faithfulness that they have shown in the local church until this point. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace upon them in this season of marriage and ministry. God, we just thank you that you are giving them fresh vision for the students here at City Church, that they can reach and impact the next generation. God, we just thank you, Lord, for the legacy of ministry that these two will leave behind as they minister to students and young people. We thank you, Lord, that you are giving them wisdom and insight for this moment, for this cultural moment, that they will be able to reach students with the gospel. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace and anointing upon them. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and blessing upon them as a couple, as they learn and grow uh, during this next season as a married couple. We just thank you, Lord, for your blessings that will rest upon them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. Love you guys. All right. You can go ahead and take your seats. All right. We are uh, in week three. We got all the junior highs. Let's give the junior highs a hand back of the room today. We love you guys. We, we didn't want to leave them unattended upstairs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, we are in week three of our legacy series and what we're doing um, in this series as a church that we're reminded about us as a church, the legacy that God has given to us and trusted us in this city, and then also realizing it and being thankful for that our legacy as a local church here in Mississauga in Ontario and in Canada, and along with our, all of our brothers and sisters who have local churches in this region and this nation, we can all trace our lineage back to the day of Pentecost, the birth of the church. And the book of Acts, we have that historical record about the first 30 years of the church and got started and what they did and what they accomplished. And every church can trace its roots to that 70 people in the upper room the day the Holy Spirit was poured out and birthed the church. 
And we're so thankful that we can be the church 2022, all that God is doing in this season and just celebrating that. So when we talk about legacy and think about legacy, um, especially on a day like Father's Day, I'm so thankful that... um, Legacy happens, or Father's Day happens when we're doing our legacy series. Now, my dad, my parents aren't here in the 9 a.m. service. They come to the 11 a.m. service. It's a little easier um, for them. But, you know, I have, I have great memories of my dad. So many different things that I could talk about. But one of the, the things that my dad, did anyone have a dad that was a little bit hard on them? Difficult struggle? Come on now. It's actually what dads are supposed to do. Um, and one of the, and my dad would play jokes with me sometime. And uh, some, when we were, there was a season that we were actually taking the subway together downtown Toronto. I worked downtown for about four years. And my dad would be on the subway with me sometimes. But when I was really young, we would be on the subway together. And, and back in the day when you rode the subway, I think now it's electronic, but there was actually like a guy who would stick his head out the window and like blow the whistle. And the blow the whistle was the signal to close the door. And so when I was with my dad, when I was young, I didn't know that there was the whistle man. My dad obviously knew that there was a whistle man. So we were on the subway downtown together and the doors were open. And then my dad was sitting beside me and he leapt up and jumped off the subway. It wasn't our stop, friends. There was no anticipation. I thought I'm left downtown Toronto. I don't know what to do. And it was all just a practical joke because he knew the whistle man hadn't blown the whistle yet. And so I had leapt. It was the biggest long jump of my life. Leapt from my seat out the door. And he's like, no, we're not getting off here, son. I'm like, my heart was pounding. That is my dad, friends. <laughs> so a legacy is something transmitted from an ancestor or a predecessor from the past. So we have been given Thank God that this beautiful transmission of the gospel, but then with the transmission of the gospel and a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we have the responsibility to continue the church in perpetuity, that this is God's plan until Jesus returns, that this is uh, the, the family of God, these local expressions, these local places where the gospel is preached and people get to hear about Jesus and, and children and young people get discipled and adults get discipled and people are brought into the family of God. This is what God wants to continue, this family of God. So we know that our lives have been impacted by those that we grew up with for good or for bad. And and we can have those memories and we know that that's a certain type of legacy. And then we are also gonna create a legacy. And even if you're not interested in the idea of legacy, you are creating one. We can be lethargic about the idea or we can be intentional about the idea. And I, I would prefer that we would be intentional about the legacy that we are creating. So what legacy have we been handed as individuals, as fathers today, as we talk about fathers, um, as the church? And then what type of legacy are we creating? We have to be aware of the legacy that we've been handed because in some sense, we've been handed good and bad from our past and we don't want the bad to continue. My wife uses this phrase, we can be a circuit breaker. If we have some things that are bad from the past, we don't have to continue those things that we can immerse ourselves in the word of God, continue the things out from the kingdom of God. But the biggest question as we do this series is what type of legacy are we called to create? Not just the one that we have, not just the one that we've been handed, but what is God calling us as it relates to legacy? Because we have an inheritance and sons and daughters of God, a spiritual one, 
we have this relationship with God. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. But we also have this responsibility to carry the message and the importance of the scripture. God's vision for family. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. God's vision for life, God's vision for the church, and God's vision for nations. So one of the things that we are doing with our legacy series, and we started this last year, that we're gonna keep doing it, is we're receiving a legacy offering with the legacy series. Now, the legacy offering is over and above our normal tithes and offerings, and thank you for those of you that give your tithes and offerings uh, here at the church. I thank you for your faithfulness. We're able to operate in the black as the church. Uh, in other words, we don't spend money we don't have. Um, but this legacy offering is all about us creating an impact through generosity. And as I've said before, my parents were very generous pastors, uh, being a blessing to many churches. And this is a tradition that we want to continue. But generosity didn't just start with my parents. Generosity starts with God. And so we have a vision here at the City Church to not just to have one local church, but we want to impact the church as much as we can. We don't see uh, the big C church, the church down the road as our competitor. We see them as our family. And so we, as a church, that we can be a blessing to other churches. So one of the things that we did um, last year that I mentioned, I just want to mention it again, that we gave four different churches last year $5,000. And we were able to, there was two of those churches that were actually in a building program. And so you gave last year to two other churches being, ha- being able to have a building like we have a building. Isn't that exciting? that those churches will be there for generations because you gave. And that's the purpose of the legacy offering, that we're gonna create an impact through generosity and leave a legacy of generosity. One of those other churches was planning a brand new campus. So that's super exciting. And then we were able to host an event last year where we had about 30 different churches uh, represented. And my wife and I, we have the opportunity now, we still feel like we're young but we have the opportunity to come alongside a bunch of church planners and a bunch of young pastors to be able to help them the same way uh, my parents have helped us in the ministry. So we uh, see that as part of our calling here at the City Church that we want to impact not just our church and our city, but when we impact other churches in other cities that are the discipleship that we can accomplish here as a church can be multiplied. Isn't that a good idea? And we can do all of that through generosity. We were able to give uh, the food bank here in our city $5,000 last Christmas. I don't know if you remember that. And so we know that that food bank feeds 400 families every month here in our region. So you are feeding people today uh, through your generosity, our impact internationally through Good News Ministries. Pastor Myron Connie, Pastor Myron will be here in July speaking. And he impacts Italy and Europe um, through the preaching of the gospel, the planning of churches. They also have Bible schools. And so we are investing into all that they're doing. And then finally, we here at the church, we're going to be with this legacy offering. We're going to be updating areas of our building as we go forward. Um, The bathrooms um, upstairs are almost, the renovations are almost completely done. But all of those things are accomplished because of your generosity in the legacy offering last year. So way to go, City Church. And so we want to do that this year. We want to try to go beyond where we were last year. And let me just give you like some sort of benchmark point to know um, how we could push beyond that $45,000 we received last year is that if everybody, you know, we, we count, everybody counted kids today, how many kids today. So, you know, if we as a family of four, if we as a family of four, if we give $400, 
for the people that are attending in the building right now, we could push past $50,000. Now, the more kids you have, I guess, the more, the more expensive it gets. But again, <laughs> again, this is just a benchmark. Now, Nicole and I are not just gonna give that much. We're gonna actually give double that and beyond. I'm not gonna tell you exactly how much we're giving. And then some people feel like, ah, oh, that's too much for me. But there's people uh, in this church that can give way beyond that way beyond that. God has blessed you. And so we're challenging you today to get involved with the legacy offering so that we can create this wonderful impact in our city, in our province, in the nation through generosity. So practical ways, we have these um, offering envelopes back at the giving kiosk that have legacy offering with that. You can go and take that and you can give a physical offering at the giving kiosk, or if you give online, which most of you do, um, there's a pull-down menu where it says tithes and offerings, and if you click that, it will say legacy offering, and you can give in the legacy offering. Are you ready to be challenged with your generosity, church? All right, so let's make an impact with this legacy offering. All right, so as we, are, um, as we continue on the series, you know, we, we talked about seeing the importance of generations, that we just don't want to be a single-generation church, that we want to be a generational church. And then last week, we talked about how this gathering, this, this Jesus group of people is so important, that Jesus is building his church. It's the only organization that Jesus is building in the world, and I want to be a part of what Jesus is building. And so when we come, when we attend, when we give, when we serve, all of those areas, we are building the church. But as it is Father's Day, and it's really important as it relates to legacy, we know that fathers create legacy. Can I get an amen? amen. So something that fathers do. We have memories about our dad. Now, listen, I know that this could be a struggle for sometimes that we talk about fathers, but every father, even the best father in the room is imperfect. The best father represented in this room. I would say that my dad is up there, all me included, all of us are imperfect. So nobody had a perfect dad experience. And there, there's things from the, our human fathers that we need to let go of, and there's things from our human fathers that we can continue. And so we have human fathers and we have spiritual fathers. This is another great thing um, in the local church. And, and again, I'm encouraging people, you know, who have been a long time in the faith that you see your role in the church, in the family of God as sort of a, a coaching role, a mentoring role, not necessarily hoping that I preach on your favorite topic. You're mature or you should be after decades of serving Jesus. And this is the thing that we see in the scripture that we're, we entrust, we're entrusted something so that we can entrust it to somebody else. So we learn something and we know something, not just so we can hear our favorite message, but so that we can teach it to somebody else. And you can come alongside somebody else who's younger in the faith and you, and you can help them grow and you can mentor that person. And then ultimately we have our heavenly father who is perfect in every way, our loving heavenly father. Now, uh, you know, like my wife mentioned about being a circuit breaker, then what all of us as dads, we can either continue the legacy handed to us from our dads if we have some good things there, or if you had a really bad dad, I'm sorry, but here's the deal, guys. You could start a good legacy with you. You can change all of those things that have happened to you and you're not gonna perpetuate those bad things that happened to you, that you can be a really good dad. You can be a good husband first. We'll get it in the proper order. 
You could be a really good husband first, and then you could be a really good dad. And all of the stuff that your dad didn't do well, you can do well. Are you with me this morning? And so we, we can do that. We can create a brand new legacy. Because there is the ideal, again, our heavenly father, and then there's the real fathers that struggle. And we struggle with our flesh, and we're not perfect, and we don't do everything right. But that should inspire us, guys, dads in the room. It should challenge us that we aren't perfect, even though like we think we are sometimes, especially when we're in our 20s. We're like, you're so lucky you married me, babe. (laughs) But then ultimately, when you get a, a little bit older and you're honest with yourself, you know that you're not perfect. So knowing that we serve a perfect father can transform us. It can change us. He can challenge us to change in all the best ways. And when we think about fathers, our, our heavenly father and earthly father, we know that a father is a teacher, that fathers teach us. They should teach us. There's lots of things to learn in life and our dads teach us. A father is a role model. Somebody that we can follow after. And again, if you didn't have a good role model dads in the room, you can be one. You don't have to perpetuate those bad things. A father is an encourager. Meaning, hey, we'll do this together if you're afraid. We'll do this together one or two times, but we're gonna do this together so you can do it alone. In other words, your kids can borrow your courage, dads. Hey, I'm gonna do this with you. I'm gonna show you how to do this. If you're nervous about this, I'm gonna do it with you, but I'm not always gonna do it with you. I'm gonna encourage you then to do it on your own. A father is a protector. A father, you, we should think about protecting our children's future, being aware of how God has gifted our children and all of our children are not the same and they don't all have the same gifts and talents and what we would think about as dads is that we want to protect that future, that those talents, those gifts that God has put inside your children, that you can be aware of those things and you can know what those things are. And you can see, or you should be able to see the potential in your children and dads protect that. That we need our dads, even as we get older. And even if we become doctors, we still need our dad. And our dad can help us in life and our dad can help us and and be able to see our future that we might not be able to see. That dads discipline. Can I get an amen on discipline? Dad's discipline. Dad's bless. Dad's generous. A father leads. And a father loves sacrificially. And that all is represented in our heavenly father. Malachi chapter four, verse five says this. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Hearts of the father. Now we know, or we should know by looking at the scripture that God's heart is toward us for good. 
For God so loved the world that he sent his son. So his heart was toward us. He saves us, gives us all of his promises, fills us with his spirit. Why? Because his heart is toward us. So dads, three dads, a heart should be toward our children. That this, we, we would take up this challenge, we would take up this mantle, we would take up this responsibility to have our hearts for our kids. That we are the ones that are raising our children. That we are the ones that are preparing our children for a life of dependence on God. That we are the ones that are gifted by God. To be able to, the, the scripture talks about that we raise our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But this starts with our heart. Our biggest responsibility in life, dads, I know our, our careers are important and our jobs important, but to be able to invest in our children, invest in the next generation, invest into the legacy that God has given to us. And this is all gonna start with our heart. Because here's the deal, dads, and we're gonna finish with this today. We're gonna a precursor to it. Any dads in the room feel busy? Any dads know what I'm talking about? You're, you're working, or you should be working. You have a career. And then you come home, and there's a lot to do at home, right? Anybody in the room? Anybody live in the real world with me? <laughs> There's a lot to do in the morning before you go to work. There's a lot to do at work. And then when you get home, there's a lot to do. And we can, we could just, and there's a possibility that this happens more with guys, but there's a possibility that we can just throw ourselves into our job and our career. And we give all of our best energy there. And listen, you should work hard and you should give really good energy at your job because you want to be, and God wants you to be successful. But it's the same way when we go home, man, we should have enough energy from God to be able to invest in our family, to raise our children. And this starts with our heart. And if we kind of feel like we don't, this is my thing that I would recommend to you today, dads, is God, help me to do this. Help me to have a heart for my children. Deuteronomy 6 verse 4 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. This is for parents in general, but dads, I'm focusing on you today. This isn't just for your wife to do. That the relationship with God that you have, this, you are teaching those principles to your children. You should teach them to your children diligently. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. In other words, all of the time. That we're teaching our children, and we're walking beside them. And as we put them to bed at night, we have all of these opportunities to train and to invest into the legacy of our children. And I know that my dad took these, these ideas to heart. Everywhere we were going, my dad was teaching me something. And at night, 
as we would pray, he would teach me something. And when we get up and when he would send me out in the yard to work, he would be teaching me something. And when we would go somewhere, he, he would teach you to be on time. And this is my dad's thing was, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late. And he's, I mean, he is this way. I mean, this is who he is. That we actually have him come to our house occasionally to babysit our dogs. Because my wife can't leave our dogs for a stretch of time. We'll talk about it later. But <laughs> so if we, if we say to my dad, hey, could you be here at 5.30? Guaranteed he is there 5.15 or earlier. Helping my mom out of the car to come and babysit our dogs. It's just who he is. Training though, training, training, training constantly. Dads, we can take up this mantle, training our children constantly. See, we can get tired of parenting. Any parents in the room want to risk an amen there? <laughs> Anybody get tired? You know, you're like, oh my gosh. And, you know, especially if you're up at night and they're young, like legitimately tired, but not physically tired, yes. But then you just get tired. You're kind of like, you know, they're five. Let them figure it out. <laughs> Haven't I done enough? Half a decade. They should be fine. <laughs> My dad would say it like this. Parenting is a hassle. But you have to embrace the hassle. It's constant. And even when they're, this is a new revelation for me. I think I knew this. My parents told me this. But even when they're not living in your house, it's still a little bit of a hassle. <laughs> but we got to embrace it. Good fathers impart wisdom. Think about wisdom, that wisdom sees beyond the moment. And here's the reality, <laughs> obvious reality that we are always decades older than our children. And so we have those decades of experience that they, they don't have yet to help your kids see beyond this moment, however old they are. Because there's a moment right now that they're in. They're making decisions and they're making choices. And dads, you're able to impart that wisdom to your children. Uh, Proverbs 4 Verse one says this, listen, my sons, to a father's instructions, pay attention and gain understanding. When I was a kid and they read these verses in church, didn't love it, I love it right now. <laughs> Verse two, I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching for I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart and keep my commands. I love this thought. This is such an important thought. The dads and moms don't actually provide the same thing in the context of raising children. They, and they shouldn't, they provide some similarity, but it's just different. And that difference is beautiful. And your kids need both of those things. You know, my, I would wrestle with the girls and like, pillowcase fight with them. There might've been a concussion or two. I don't know. <laughs> but Nicole cherished them and I did dad stuff with them. And all of that provides something. 
All of that is beautiful. All of that is in the design of God, my friends, to provide something for children that they need. Verse four, then he taught me and said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom. Seeing beyond this moment, she will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you, talking about wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs you all that you have, get understanding, cherish her. She will exalt you, embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland of grace around your head and present you with a glorious crown. Wisdom. And especially in this time in the world in 2022, where people have not thought beyond tomorrow, that godly wisdom is so necessary, so important. Dads, I'm talking to you today. That we would have those conversations with our kids about the choices that they're making, the things that they are doing. Because all of those things, the choices that they're making and the things that they are doing, you've got a couple decades there, right? And you know from some of the mistakes you made, dads, that your kids, this road, this thing that you're doing, (laughs) I can just tell you, it's not worth going down that road. You have to embrace the hassle. You have to embrace, depending on the age, the rolling of the eyes. (laughs) You have to embrace all of it that they don't wanna hear, but then, hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna give wisdom to my kids. Proverbs chapter three, verse one says this, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is the wisdom, dads, ultimately, that God is calling us to give to our children. Trusting God, putting God first. That all of the wisdom that you need for life is not found in your really smart brain. This wisdom from God, this putting our trust in God. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil, and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now, fear the Lord doesn't mean to cower and be afraid of God. It means to reverence him, to honor him. So, dads, you can be an example of this, to teach your children. Talk to them and then model it for them that we're trusting God. This is what we do in this family. We put our trust in God. We aren't God. We didn't create all of this. God created this. We trust him. Verse nine, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. Simple things, dad. Teach your kids to tithe. Who else is gonna teach them? 
hey, we're, we're trusting God. God is building the church, so we're gonna build the church with our resources. And we put our trust in God. God is a God of blessing. God will take care of us. We trust him. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting out with new wine. And when the blessings come your way, you say to your kids, thank God for what we have. You don't tell your kids, even though you're tempted to, I have worked hard for this children. And all that you have has come from my hands. Hey, God has blessed us. What we have is because God has blessed us. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of reproof for the Lord reproves him whom he loves and a father, the son in whom he delights, blesses the one who finds wisdom, gets understanding. For the grain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit than gold for she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, talking about wisdom. And in her left hand are riches and honor, talking about wisdom. Her ways, uh, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. To those who hold, hold her fast are called blessed. Wise thoughts lead to wise actions. And finally, this good fathers, we alluded to this earlier, are busy. And I know there was a, a season in my life and I, I, I remember this well, because I always talk about this in premarital counseling. And it's kind of like a, just a good thought that I try to give to guys who are moving into husband life and then into fatherhood. I can remember just a busy season of ministry. And then I came home one day and the kids were young and there was something not done in the house that Nicole hadn't got to. And I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just the worst person in the room. But when you come home, it, potentially you can be like mad at your wife because she hasn't done stuff. Anybody else out there want to admit that this is true? And this is what it sounds like. You were home all day. Why couldn't you have done this? I was out working. And in that moment, I really feel God spoke something to my heart, didn't hear a voice, but just an impression in my heart. And it was this, why don't you do it? Good fathers are busy. We're gonna go and we're gonna work all day to provide for our families. And then we're gonna come home and we're gonna work with our wife in our family. And there's nothing better than that, guys. There's nothing better than that. Because with all of that, you're gonna create a legacy. going to be an example to your kids that real men, real dads love God. They sacrifice for their family and they have time for their kids. 
and they pray with their kids and they play with their kids. It's not like you can't do other things. It's not like you can't have hobbies, but your priority is your family. My mom used to read these verses to me. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard. She called me a sluggard. (laughs) Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer, gathers food and harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a robber. Thank God for leisure and rest, but the purpose of our lives, Dad, the purpose of our lives is not leisure and rest. The purpose of our lives is our family. That includes your career and your job. What, what else are we doing with our career and our job except providing for our children? Anybody in the room? I know, listen, I know this sounds really old fashioned. I don't care. we would take this up, guys. This responsibility that God has given to us to create a legacy for our kids, one that they would be happy to repeat. Amen. Let's pray today. Father God, we just love you so much. We thank you that you are perfect in every way, that you inspire us today, Lord. to be a father like you. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you, Lord, you help us in all of these ways. We thank you, Lord, for your grace upon all the dads in the room today. God, we take up this challenge to create a legacy for our families, for our children. We just love you so much. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you don't have a relationship with your heavenly father, God, the creator, you know, God sent his son Jesus so that you could actually have a relationship with himself. So if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, The gospel, the good news is all about him, that he came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. And because all of that has happened, God provides a relationship with himself. Righteousness just means right standing with God. We can't earn it, can't create some sort of religion and offer that to God, but God has made his way to us. And all we have to do is say yes. So if you're here today, you've never said yes to Jesus. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. This is not a magic prayer, but everybody needs a starting place with their relationship with God. Jesus has called us all to be disciples. In other words, lifelong learners, but everybody needs a moment where they say yes to Jesus. Or if you're here this morning and you feel like you've wandered away from God, you know that God is calling you close to himself. Again, he's not mad at you today. Wants to continue our relationship with you. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray this prayer out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. 
died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today, God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.